Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is... Another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey guys, you're listening to Take the Hit with Official Charts, a podcast that goes way beyond your standard music interview and ask the questions you never knew you needed answers to. My name's Rob, I'm editor of officialcharts.com, a website full of music news, features and interviews, as well as being home of the official singles and albums charts, as heard on BBC Radio 1. Joining me from the team for our first episode is David. Hi David. Hi Rob, you alright? I'm good, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm good, I'm very tired as you can see, obviously (laughs) people can't see that on a podcast, but... They can hear it. I'm absolutely shattered, but yeah. (laughs) Sort of Excited for episode one, though. Oh no, no, yeah, that's what. That's why I've got out of bed. <laughs> I would, I'd have still been in bed otherwise. So this is this is my reason for being here. <laughs> We've been talking about doing this podcast for a while. Um, me yes. and you, and other people in the yeah, office who definitely. will be introduced in this podcast in due course. So I'm super excited. <laughs> so given it's the first episode, I'm going to explain the format. Yes, that is yeah, very important. Important. Get that locked down. Um, so I go out and interview. Uh, big names in music, whether it's an artist or a sort of famous music figurehead, and ask them questions based on the UK's best-selling singles of all time. And the way those questions are decided is through a official charts bingo cooler, which is not quite as fancy as it sounds. The budget, the budget wasn't very big. <laughs> the when budget's, we thought. <laughs> budget's not big yet, but it does the job. Uh, and the number that the person turns out corresponds with where that song sits on the all-time chart. Does so ran- random questions. Random questions, which, nice. um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> but it throws up a topic of discussion, basically. Yep. And I'm really excited about doing this because the all-time bestseller singles is such a good list of songs. <laughs> um, it throws out it's just stone-cold classics, basically. We've got... Songs like Pharrell's Happy, uh, Stevie Wonder, I Just Called to Say I Love You. Nice. I think. Um, Barbie Girl by Aqua. Wow, that, oh God, I remember yeah. that very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they could hopefully throw up some interesting topics yeah. of discussion. So our first guest is the wonderful Tom Walker. Amazing. Who I think you are a bit of a fan of, aren't you, Dave? I, yeah, I... I 
obviously being a fellow northerner we've got we've got that sort of a bond well we don't have a bond but <laughs> i've got that bond with <laughs> him because bond, yeah. yeah exactly and i've been told that we've got a similar voice so i don't know whether there is a voice twin thing because yeah, he's so was he scotland born but raised in manchester that's it yeah yeah, yeah. so i was manchester born then sort of moved around but he yeah he and obviously off the back of the brits recently in terms of what yeah. he's done there he's doing amazingly amazingly well so yeah definitely a fan so we should say that he recently won the Brit Award for British Breakthrough Act and his debut album, What a Time to Be Alive, debuted at number one. Amazing. Casual. <laughs> um, it doesn't get much better for a, a new artist kind of trajectory, does it? No. <laughs> and <laughs> so insane. <laughs> so we were lucky enough to be at the Brits this year. Yes. David, do you remember being at the Brits this year? I, I do remember to a certain point, but mm-hmm. then, yeah, it's, it's a little bit hazy after that, but I definitely remember Tom going up for his award. I was going to say, we were a few, well, I was a few wines down, you were a few beers down, I think, um, by the time he got announced as the winner <laughs> of that award. Um, but I do remember him being genuinely shocked and a bit kind of dazed and confused at the whole thing. I think he, ju- he just seems like a genuine guy, though. He just seems like a really, yeah. like... Down to earth, nice, genuine guy. Tom Walker probably came to, he certainly came to my attention and probably most people's, with Leave a Light On. Yeah, definitely. Which had a big breakthrough moment in June 2018. I think it was released last January. Yeah, so that's crazy that it's sort of, <laughs> it's sort of taken that long really for the, the same song to do so well. Yeah, it was featured on a TV ad. I think it was a... Oh, is that that the moment? Is that the moment that it sort of then took off, do you think? I believe that... Right. I believe, like, he was already on a sort of upward sort of momentum, and then this advert kicked in, and then it's a great track. Yeah, definitely. it all kind of just lined up nicely. It ended up peaking at number seven on the official singles chart, and... um, Oh, it's probably still in the top 100 somewhere. <laughs> do, we not know where, do you not know where, Rob? <laughs> oh, Not at present. Oh, no. It's also been streamed over 77 million times in the UK, which is ridiculous. Um, and his follow-up single is doing really well, Just You and I. It's in the top 10. Another top 10. It's actually outpeaked. Leave a light on. Really? So when, we, when I did this interview with him, we actually recorded it just before the Brits. And before the album came out, <laughs> um, but um, we great did timing, ca- yeah, great timing. <laughs> but we did catch up with him uh, and to get his reaction of a number one, his number one album. So let's have a listen to that, mate. This is unbelievable. I literally don't know what to say, don't know what to do, don't know how to feel. But it's it's good. It's definitely good. It's outrageous, mate. It's absolutely outrageous. I've got a number one album. Um, yeah, how did how? So yeah, he was extremely. Extremely happy about well, that. Well, I love the images where he's wearing the number one award as like a medallion around his neck. Oh, yeah, like I as saw a, that. As a bling kind of thing. <laughs> that, that's got to be the future for everyone, isn't it? Wearing a number one award around your neck. Is that on his Twitter? Yes. Yeah, go, go and have a look at his Twitter. He, is, he has turned <laughs> the number one award, which is really heavy, by the way, into a necklace. It looks great. Um, right, so we have a listen to the interview? Yes, let's go on. Let's do it. Tom Walker, hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Because we're just saying cold. Yes, very cold, man. I mean, I've got like sash windows in my house and they're from the 1800s or something. And just in the middle of the night, the wind just blows straight through. There really is no protection. So, yes, it's been a challenging winter so far. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. Taking time out of your schedule because I guess you're in kind of... Well, you've just come down from Birmingham, is that right? Yeah, we went to Birmingham for, I think, a grand total of an hour. 
Um, which was nice. cool. Uh, just did uh, a little gig in a in a kind of college down there, which was cool. Met some of the students. So yeah, very nice. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And you're fully in tow with luggage and suitcases. Back yes, I look like an that's... actual songwriter today. I've got my guitar with me. <laughs> I've got my <me> backpack. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're in. Well, I hear things are about to get even kind of next level crazy in sure. album promo mode. How's yeah. it going? It's so good. I've just started really. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm trying not to look at my diary because it's slightly scary. But no, it's all really good, man. I mean, we're just we're doing so many cool things. We're going to New Zealand this year. I'm going to Japan, going back to Australia. You know, places I never thought I'd get to go to play my tunes to people. Really, so. um, the album is called "What Time to Be Alive." Yeah, um, which could could be seen one of two ways. That title it could be super positive. Yeah, for you in relation to you specifically is you know what time to be alive for Tom Walker. Yeah, or or a little bit you know cynical, sarcastic. Wow, yeah. what times we're living in. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I think it's it's for me it is both. You know, it's uh, I think there's a lot of amazing things we've achieved um, as the human race. You know, mm. we've been to space, um, but also. As a society, sometimes we don't learn from our mistakes and it's just odd to watch the news sometimes, I think, you know, seeing recurring things that have happened over and over again happen over and over again and it, it's frustrating. But also, like, I don't know, for me in my and in my life, I'm, I've am i been having a wicked time over the last three years. I've got a solid foundation of friends and family and just feeling very lucky at the moment. So it's it's all things, you know, and, and all, the, all the songs on the album are the stories. They reflect that, you know. There's some politically charged stuff in there as well. Um, as some just stories about me and my mates going on a night out, you know. It's, it's kind of a bit of everything. It definitely reflects all areas of that of that spectrum then of what time to be alive. Totally. I mean, even the cover, which has been hand-painted by an artist called Craig Allen, consists of 2,000 little people that come together to make my face. And uh, anybody who's involved in the writing or the production or the you know the studios or friends or families who've inspired the songs anybody who's had anything to do with this album is on that front cover um which is just lovely so that's the whole concept behind the album it's all these people um around me in my life and all these people that have inspired me um to create these songs that have made this album the album cover is really cool I it's, love it. It's so wicked, isn't it? I don't know it? how you're going to top it, though. <laughs> the next I one. don't know either, mate. You know, I'm, It might just be a blank square next time because I don't think we're going to do any better than that. Yeah. <laughs> Go from maximalism to minimalism. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in Craig Allen, so he's such an amazing painter. Like, You should check out his other work because he does so many of these paintings and they are so. each one is right. so special and so unique. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool that we managed to get him on board. And you must be feeling very ready for the sound to come out because was it initially... Has it been pushed back a bit for well, this, to this year? Or our plan was always going to be March 1st. Um, oh, okay. And then a, f a couple of things changed. Uh, and we kind of thought we had to rush it. But I was just like, why are we doing this? You get one chance to put out your album. Exactly, yeah. Like, let's not rush it. Let's take the time and get it right. So it's been nice uh, just, to, just to have it done for so long, you know, because I did get it done in the time that we were going to put it out and then I've added a few extra bits and had the chance to go and write some more and add some extra tracks on. So it's been really nice to just, you know, sit with it and live with it. Because I think it's really important to live with an album. It might sound absolutely yeah. amazing the first week, but if you listen to it like a month later and you're like, oh, uh, maybe this bit could be better or that. So it's cool to just live with it and, uh, yeah. Definitely good that you don't feel that way about it. No, I really like it. I got a physical a CD the other day and played it in my car and I was like, damn, this sounds good. This is good. <laughs> and how nice you get to feel smug for like a few months just being like yeah whatever that's an album yeah just whatever ready. finish my album work on the second cool. one don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously the album includes Leave a Light On yeah which 
um, in the nicest possible way is the song that just doesn't doesn't go doesn't go away does sure. it sure yeah. <laughs> oh, believe me I know <laughs> I was in a Curry's over Christmas right and they were playing it completely out of time on on eight different TVs in the store oh, God. <laughs> um, as part of the Bravia advert campaign and I was just in the store and it was so out of time I was cringing a bit I was just like <laughs> Oh my God, the staff in here must hate me. <laughs> I was just looking around the store like, oh, nobody notices it's me, it's my song. <laughs> <laughs> but I swear every time it's, um, if it's performed by anybody on a, on a talent show, if it, if it appears in, in an advert or, or any, any minor, even just the instrumental or someone says leave a light on, the song kind of has this resurgence <laughs> every sure. time. Yeah, yeah. Which is so cool. It doesn't, you don't, it doesn't happen very often with songs. There aren't that many songs that come around that have that level of yeah. ubiquity and... I think it was one of those songs for me. I thought it was something really personal that people would struggle to connect with because it is, you know, about something very personal in my life. And I think people have made that their own interpretation of the lyrics um, to the things that have happened that have emotionally affected them in their lives, which I don't think every song does. You know, some songs are very specific about stuff. And I listen to other songs and I'm like, I've been listening to this song and I love the way it sounds. And I love the vocal and I love the production. I've got no idea what the song's about. <laughs> but with, with Leave a Light On, I think I think that's the thing that made it would connect with everybody. Some the people can relate to it somehow, which is is yeah, as you say, it's difficult to do every song. Yeah, yeah, of course. The latest track is just you and I. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. a bit more kind of mellow, soul pop. Yeah, yeah, vibe. totally. Well, I, I actually released that, uh, I think it was like two and a half years ago. We did an acoustic version of it. Um but I got engaged um, four months ago. Oh, to congratulations. My, yeah, thank you. And uh, I actually wrote that song about um, my fiance. So I wanted to celebrate and re-release a new version oh, of it really? just before the album came out because she's been a big part of the, the whole process. And um, as far as the songs come, it reflects how far we've come as a couple. And I just think that's really cool. So I wanted to play it out again. So, so wait, so the video for it, though, is a couple who are handcuffed together. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, well, I didn't wait, want to just be on. like, I'll do the video with my fiancé. We'll be, you know, I'm not, it's not kind of a big brother thing. <laughs> That's amazing, though, engagement. It definitely is a good time to be Tom Walker. 100%. So. Yeah, very happy. Are you, um, are you, how involved are you in wedding planning? Have you even started planning? All we've decided is that we want it in somewhere we can make lots of noise, like a field. Get like a big marquee, yep. and we want to serve curry. That's the three things that we've decided on. Those together. are really big decisions to make. So. Yeah, I think they're, you know, that's all the right. That's sort itself out. Yeah, it's just the only thing for me is like, where's everybody going to stay? You can't ask, like, you know, your grandmother to stay in a tent in a field for your wedding. So just planning that. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, I didn't realize how much planning goes into it and all that stuff. I kind of got as far as, like, I designed the ring myself and, like, Wow. To my specification for my fiance, um, it took like a couple of phone calls and about forty emails <laughs> to get <laughs> done. And then when she got it, she really liked it, which is great. But yeah, God, the wedding's a whole other thing. So um, we're just chilling for a bit. We're in no rush. Yeah. Sometime in the next two years, we're going to get married. Um, so, are you ready to play "Take the Hit"? Absolutely, with this beautiful bingo machine that you've yes. got going on here. I mean, so. it is a treasure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. So, to explain got a series of slightly random but hopefully illuminating questions right. okay um they're all based on the uk's biggest selling singles of all time wicked um and the questions will be picked using the state-of-the-art machine in yes. front of us i mean this is like nasa quality stuff here <laughs> right okay yeah it, it actually took me a while to set up so <laughs> well i'm very proud of you it's, it's a beautiful looking thing and the numbers that come out relate to where that song sits on like the all-time bestsellers list yeah Make sense? Absolutely. Right. Let's go in. Right. 
Um, am I spinning let, or are you spinning? I'm gonna let you spin. This. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Just oh, 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 oh. Okay. Here we go. Number five, the fifth best-selling single of all time. Yeah. Is John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. You're the one that I want. Oh yeah, absolute banger. A banger and a half. Um, it was number one in 1978. Oh. Oh, a while ago. Yep. Um, and I think oh, it was number one for a long time. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> so. I mean, I'm still watching that movie today. It has stood the test of time. Oh, as has Olivia Newton-John. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. She's amazing. Um, so the question is, based on You're the One That I Want. Yes. Is there a song out there you love that you just wish you'd written? Oh, man. Uh, but you just think the songwriting on it is incredible. Oh, that's a really tough one, that. I mean, there's several, you know? There's a, there's a lot. I'm a big fan of John Mayer uh, and his album, Continuum. I love Gravity off that album. That's a really, really good song. I wish I'd written that track. I wish I'd written that album, to be honest. And uh, it's just amazing the way it's produced, the players on it, the songwriting, everything about it. So, yeah, I'd say Gravity by John Mayer. I don't, I don't feel like John Mayer gets... Enough love. Maybe it's just a UK thing, but it, yeah, it's weird that he didn't he didn't kick off massively here. I mean, I say that I went to see him at the MEN Arena, so he's not doing badly. Yeah, exactly. you know, I if I play the MEN Arena, I'll be a happy man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know what you mean. He's huge in America. Um, God, he's such a great player as well. You know, because he keeps he keeps his kind of the stuff he released quite pop and current. But also, when you go and see him live, it's just like the guy can he can shred and sing simultaneously. I mean, how? How do you do that? <laughs> so I'm just going to sit in the rest of my room, for, you know, for, in my room for the rest of my life, trying to get as good as John Mayer. That's my plan. So I'm guessing you haven't met you haven't met him. No, yet. I've not met him. No, <laughs> we was on a show called uh, what's it called? It's called Hot Ones, which is like a chicken wing show where you eat spicy chicken wings. And at the end, they just gave him loads of toy musical instruments. And even with them, he just whipped a banger out of nowhere, wrote it on the spot, played it all. I was just thinking. Is it that easy, John? <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> he is really good. He is very talented. Are you? Um, have you been a fan of his from the beginning? Uh, since uh, woof, Room for Squares came out, I think that's his first album. As that's far as quite I know, that was quite. Yeah, the one with Neon, because Neon's such a banger. The guitar, I, I spent ages trying to learn the the guitar riff in it, um, and never really got it. <laughs> you know, I never <laughs> really got there. It's so good. So yeah, I mean, my sister introduced me to John Mayer when I was like. I wouldn't say like 15, 16, something like that. So, been a fan for a while. Nice. And you mentioned there's a, a good few songs you could pick for songs you wish you'd written. Does, yeah. Does songwriting come to you easily? Do you, can you, can you pluck songs out of thin or is it quite a lot of hard work to, to get a song together? Um, oh, it really depends. I need something to happen to me in my life that is a real thing to write about it. Right. Um, like all of the songs on the album are real situations and, you know, it's something that's happened to me that I feel like either really good about or really bad about because um, those are the songs that are right. So if if those things aren't happening, if something if something really bad or really good isn't happening, then I find it difficult. Uh, and, you know, when you're touring as well, I think it's quite difficult to write on tour because you can't write a song about writing a song. You can't write a song about playing gigs necessarily. I mean, you can, but it's just like, who wants to know? Oh, I've been on the road, my life's so hard. I've not slept for 18 days. You know, it's, who cares? I don't know, it sounds like a hit. Do you reckon? <laughs> Can you remember the kind of quickest you've ever written? Does it take you a while to write a song? Can you recall the quickest time you ever took to write one? I think me and Steve Mack wrote Leave a Light on, I want to say in like four or five hours. Uh, it's, and always, it it's always the massive hit, isn't it? The, the, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
came off the top of the head. Totally. I mean, he, he writes very quickly, Steve. I've written a couple of songs with him. Um, I think we've done like four or five together now. And all of them have just come about really quickly. And the ones that ha- haven't come about quickly, we've just been like, yeah, maybe this, maybe this isn't a thing. But yeah, it, it depends sometimes. I wrote a song about my gran recently, who's 81 years old. And one night we sat together for like four hours and shared, I think, about two bottles of wine between us. Amazing. She was telling me all like the amazing stories in her life, the good and the bad. And it was so much stuff that I kind of knew a little bit about, but like, I had heard about when I was a kid or, you know, just on the grapevine. But she she went into like detail about some of the big events in her life, and after that I wrote a song about that. And that's one of my favourite songs I've ever written. I didn't manage to get it on the album in time, but it's coming out on the deluxe version later on. Right. Uh, and I've been playing it live just on guitar on my own to people, and uh, I'm such a fan of it. It's called All That Matters. I'm, I'm really excited for people to hear it, because I think that'll be another song that people really connect with. Nice. I love that your nan is a drinker. Oh, yeah, mate. She loves the sesh. Absolutely. She's a legend. <laughs> Mine just tells me that I shouldn't be drinking. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. Just no. that one. Shall we go for another one? Sure, let's do it. Right. See. Oh, what a noise. See, it only goes one way. I'm so confused. So you must have to go... Oh, no. I think if you go round and then push it forward... Ah, I beauty, see. Right, okay. Number 35... 35 is The Beatles Can't Buy Me Love. Right. Number one, 1964. So in the, in the theme of that, what is the most expensive thing you've bought someone? Uh, it's The ring for my fiancé is the most expensive oh. thing I've ever bought for somebody. Yeah, and designed. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it wasn't like crazy or anything. It's very... She's, she, she's, not, um, she's not a really flashy person. It's quite simple and elegant because that's you know, what she likes. So I didn't spend like loads and loads on it, but I think it's the most I've spent on a on somebody that isn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but what a nice thing to have to then buy because I'm sure you don't really feel... Oh, oh, oh no, it. it's oh, not like, oh, God, I can't believe I bought that ring for my fiancé. <laughs> I should have uh, I should have nipped down the shop and got something cheap. And, uh, yeah. I don't feel like that at all. She she loves it. Her face lit up when I gave her it and it was a very nice reaction. So, yeah, it was uh, worth it. What was the um, engagement scenario? Um, do not have to tell me. No, no, it's too. all good. I'm quite happy to talk about it. Yeah, we were we went to sh- so I had like one week off last year, and it was the week that I went to Sri Lanka with Annie, and uh, a, a friend of ours lent us his amazing house, which was this like huge five bedroom house with another outhouse at the bottom with a pool. Um, and we we were at a gig one night, and Annie was talking um, to our friend, and and he was just like, "Wow, yeah, of course you can just borrow the house." And I was like, "Yeah, r- really." And eventually he was like, he was like, yeah, absolutely, please go. So I told him all the plans, and he got loads of really nice uh, stuff set up, like a couple of bottles of like wine and champagne and stuff. It was it was so amazing. That's it was so like a nice. ridiculous. Um, so we were down by the pool. It was like the stars. The stars in Sri Lanka are like the most beautiful things you've ever seen. It's like it really does look like one of those pictures you see on on a MacBook screen, oh. <laughs> on a screensaver. And uh, I put on some James Taylor, which is her absolute favourite, and got down on one knee and. That's that's it, really. Oh, that's... were you nervous? I was the most nervous for that, and I've ever been for anything in my entire life. Like I completely fumbled putting on the song. My three G wasn't working. I was all panicking. She's like, "What's going on with you? You're right." I was like, "No, no, no, I'm fine. Nothing's going on. It's, it's all good." <laughs> Isn't oh, yeah. it weird that because people do get really nervous doing it? Yeah, but I'm sure you wouldn't 
be asking if you didn't think she wouldn't say yes. Well, totally. I, I mean, it was the first day of the holiday, so imagine if she said oh, no. Oh, God, that's a risk. Like, it was a real gamble. <laughs> it was a really, I mean, but it was bur- it was literally burning a hole in my pocket, that ring. And I just I just was like, I just need to get this out of the way because it was making me feel weird in all sorts of weird, strange ways. So <laughs> I just had to get it, had to get it done. Actually, you know what? That probably is better in the sense as well that um, people... She might find it in the suitcase. It might fall out of a suitcase or yeah, bag. Yeah, totally. Like, trying to hide it would just keep you nervous. Probably. Yeah, I mean, so I had it, had it in my sense. bag the whole way on the plane, and I, I was just like, oh, God, what if they, like, get it out on the other side yeah. because it's not VAT registered? I don't know. I just thought something was going to go wrong. So <laughs> it all went smoothly, which is very nice. <laughs> what about the most expensive thing you've bought yourself? Um... <clears throat> Well, it's that guitar Looking that's sitting guitar. in the case out there. It cost me an absolute fortune. Oh. I went into a music shop, um, I think it was like four days after my birthday, and I didn't really celebrate my birthday because I was working. Um, and I had a small party afterwards, but I just really was just like working the whole time. So when I finished and I had some time off, I just walked into a music shop, and I was going to buy one of those little kind of, you know, that kind of like small guitar that Ed Sheeran started with, a tiny one, like a really... Oh, yeah, one that you can cool. take travel with and all that kind of stuff that would just be portable. And I just saw this guitar in the shop, and it's this beautiful red guitar with a hummingbird on the front of it. And oh god, it was so much money! But and I, I played <laughs> it, and I was just like, oh, this is this is really nice. I only played it because it looked cool. Because I was like, I wonder what it's like. It looks great, so let's have a go. <laughs> um, and then I was like, no, 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 all right, I'll try some other guitars. Tried like 10 other guitars in hope that something that cost less might be nicer, but no, it wasn't. So I spent three hours in a guitar shop convincing myself that I didn't need to buy it and then walked out with it. <laughs> oh, expensive taste. Yeah, but honestly, it sounds amazing. I've already written three songs in it. I've already recorded some guitar uh, for a song that's going on the, uh, the deluxe version of the album. So as far as I'm concerned, it's paid for itself already. Yeah, plus... Pretty sensible purchase, really, even if it's a lot. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to use it. I've used it every day since I bought it. So even if it is expensive, it's so nice. It's such a joy to play. I've had a few acoustic guitars in my time, but that really is another level. It feels like it's just got songs in it. I know that sounds crazy and like a you're a crazy songwriter kind of thing to say, <laughs> but I, I don't know. When you, I feel like guitars have got these like something in them, and when you play them, you know, and I just didn't want to walk out of that shop without getting it and just be like, what what would have happened if I'd bought it? What songs would I have written? You know, I don't know. I'm not very superstitious, but I believe that there's a soul in a guitar for sure. Oh, good. I I have just recently got a guitar, um, an acoustic guitar, and I've hit I've hit that wall where I'm really new to it. Right. So. The, the, the hardest bit is the beginning, getting it's the strength so in your hands. Yeah. It hurts. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. I know. And it takes so long. And you get the what are those little things on springs that people are like, buy those and then yeah. work out with your hands every it doesn't work. You just have to play guitar constantly. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to do sort of twenty minutes every day, every other day. Yeah, that, that sounds good. That's a good it's start. A killer. I I literally you know, I thought I had quite big hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well it's just but it's, it's really just odd because you them. never gra- you never really Grab anything like that. No. You, you know, it's no. like you don't go to a shelf and put yeah. it on over the back of your head. And <laughs> so it's just an odd position for your hands to be in, I think. But I didn't play for... We did our last gig, I think it was like the, the, the 16th of December. And then we had a rehearsal yesterday and we went through an hour set because we've got a gig coming up in February. And we hadn't played for so long. At the end of it, I was like... I did so much touring last year. I did so much playing guitar and still my hand was in agony at the end of it. I was just like, surely by now. (laughs) (laughs) Developed a callus. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you have to do it like constantly and then one day you'll just be like, oh, wow, this is easy all of a sudden. Great. I'm going to keep going. I'm not giving up. 
I need to. YouTube yeah. as well. It's just the best place, man. Yeah. I, mean, I must have wasted a fortune in guitar lessons when I was a kid. It's all on there. So anybody who wants to play guitar, it's all on YouTube. Just go and look and you'll find it. <laughs> all right, should we go for another one? All right. Okay. So now I know that how the machine actually works. <laughs> oh. Number 76. 76, 76. is Eminem, Feet Rihanna, Love the Way You Lie. Oh, yeah. That is that is a big tune, actually. It's a big big ballad, right? Big rap ballad. Yeah. No, that was really cool, man. Was that, the, that was in the video with like the big burning house, I think. Yeah, the yeah. big burning house. Yeah. Um, when Rihanna had the red hair. Yes, I remember those days. Those days. Um, number two in 2010. Didn't go to number one. Really? Um when was the last time you lied to get out of something you didn't want to do? Oh, wow. P.S. Thanks for oh not my lying God, to get I'm out gonna of this tell, I'm going to tell a story that's really going to annoy one of my mates now. <laughs> Ross, if you're listening, I'm very sorry. So I woke up, I think it was like the night after I'd had my birthday party. And one of my mates was sleeping in the living room and all my flatmates were at work that day. And I'd just bought an Xbox, right? So I woke up at 10 o'clock and I've left it to like 2 but then I was like two, I was like, he's still not awake. He's in there with his missus sleeping in the living room. I'm just like, mate, it's, it's time to go. So I went in and I've just been like, mate, I've got a meeting in 20 minutes. I need you to go. And the house was a fucking, so <clears throat> the house was an absolute mess. Um, so he, his, instead of leaving, he got up and started helping me clean the whole house. Oh, no. So me and him spent 20 minutes cleaning the whole house. And I was like, at this point, I was just like, this is hilarious. I've, I've just, all I want to do is play Xbox. And I've got my mate helping me clean the house. And I can't, I can't get out of this lie that I've, I've said just because I'm selfish. <laughs> and I want to be in my own house playing Xbox on my own. So, yes, that was a thing I've done recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I read that you, um, actually, I read this on Wikipedia, sorry. Okay, so um, who, who knows what poor, it could be. Poor research. <laughs> <laughs> I did read other things. Um, that you lived in a house once with 12 people. I did, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. It was crazy, yeah. I'm but sure like one of the best places I ever lived. Everybody was kind of like a musician or like in that art or a DJ or it was such a creative house and we managed to get this, and mate, I'm not even joking, it was a mansion that we were living in okay, with double right, gates then. on the front and like a huge garden. And they totally blagged this house somehow. And we were all chipping in between the 12 of us for the rent. And like between the 12 of us, it actually wasn't, it wasn't that bad. But yeah, we, we met, we, like, it, was, it was such a wicked house. I love those kind of houses. They don't really exist anymore. No, like, it's the obviously. house that you, you dream of living in one day. I've lived in my dream house, but it was with 12 people, which made it not the dream. Yeah, house. not <laughs> the fantasy. Like it was amazing, but like, um, you know, when I moved in there, I was kind of doing bits and bobs and not really working that much, but halfway through I got like a full-time serious job and I was trying to do the music bit on the side and the parties were just non-stop and don't get me wrong they were amazing parties but I just I kept going to work every day just completely exhausted because <laughs> I couldn't sleep or somebody had like burst into my room and like got on top of me and really drunkly like ah, get up and party with us it's just like oh god I need, I need to get a bit of peace and quiet in my life oh, but um, it was amazing I don't, I don't regret any of it. It was great. And all the people that lived there are solid and really lovely people. What was your part-time job before you... Well, what was when your I job was working, doing? I was working as a uh, photo booth attendant, which is like the guy who comes down to At a party, events. builds the photo booth, and then like babysits the drunk people and puts a uh, fancy dress on them and shows them how to work the photo booth. It was such an interesting job. I worked with people of all walks of life. Aren't drunk people, when you're so sober, just... Oh, so, so annoying. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're the most annoying. <laughs> really you, annoying. You put it very PC, but they are <laughs> annoying, aren't they? And, and, you know, I like a good beer sometimes, but, uh, yeah, when you're completely sober. Do you know what I realised, though? It's one of those eye-opening jobs where 
the people who were really rich and had loads of um, money were just really not very nice people. And the people who'd scrimped and scraped and saved to get a photo booth for an event that was super special to them were like the people who sent you home with loads of cakes and sausage oh. rolls for your flatmates, you know? It was like, it was an eye-opening thing, so I'm so glad I did it. And I quite enjoyed it because it was like the, the the events were five hours a day and then I could do music the rest of the time. So even if you were doing an event every day, it was only five hours. Um, so it was, it was cool. I liked it. Photo booth at the wedding, run oh, by you. Yeah, I'm not manning it, but yeah, I think I'll have one. I've got a couple, my old boss called me the other day, actually. It was cool to speak to. I hadn't spoke to him in a long, long time. And yeah, he's a really good guy. And back on the line, you must, you must sure. be able to get out of stuff so easily now, like certain engagements, events, because you can just blame the fact that you're really busy um, having... Uh, music career <laughs> to be honest most of the time i don't even get the opportunity to lie about it i just i just <laughs> can't i genuinely just can't do it you know because <laughs> i am too busy uh, uh i did some amazing stuff last year but i missed out on some really cool stuff with my mates you know like they all rented a house in ibiza oh, and they all went out yeah. there for like a week together and it looked amazing with its own pool in the middle of nowhere and i was like oh that looks great and i was i don't know where i was i don't know what i was doing but i was busy probably doing something amazing but you know yeah, I'd be through with your mates. Yeah, next time. Next time. Yeah. yeah. I should go for another. Yeah, absolutely. It does sound good. It oh no, that didn't work. All right, we'll go for another one. I don't know. What, I don't know what happened there. Oh, there we go. I think number nineteen. Nineteen. What does this sound like when you fill the thing full with balls? I know, like, right? I mean, it must be ridiculous. I haven't yet. <laughs> Also, it does say on the box, this is for ages five and up. I'm not sure I'd give this to a five-year-old. I don't think so. These are... Yes. Uh... So the 19th biggest selling single ever is Will Young's Anything Is Possible slash Evergreen. His right. pop idol winner's single. God, do you remember pop idol? I do. Will Young was amazing, man. I know. I, he had some absolute bangers. I'm a... um, so I'm going to go with Anything Is Possible. Right. Questions. Yeah. Um, what is the kind of big, big thing you kind of aspiring to achieve now in your career i'm guessing that some milestones have been hit some milestones have definitely been hit but there's definitely still a lot left um is there anything in the vague distance i went like to see so many gigs with my dad at the mean arena um i've seen food fighters there and muse and uh bb uh, king we saw there uh, <laughs> amazing so many artists i think prodigy like I've been to see everybody there with my dad. Me and him used to go to concerts all the time. And if I could play at the MEN Arena, you know, where I grew up getting into bands, the reason I'm here doing what I'm doing is because of those gigs. That would just be full circle life complete. You know, that would be the, the <laughs> one. Yeah, was it your was your first gig? Was that with your dad? Uh, my first gig with my dad was actually, uh, it was ACDC in Paris when I was, I think I was either nine or 11 years old. I can't remember which, but I still remember it today. It was an open air, beautiful summer's day in Paris. Uh, there's two huge burlesque ladies either side of the stage and there's an 11-year-old. I was just like, <laughs> what is going on here? Everyone was wearing light-up devil horns. It was it was absolutely class. That's, that the, mo that's the moment I was like, I need to be a guitarist because that looks like so much fun. That is an amazing first gig. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> I even remember we couldn't figure out like the French ticketing system, so we had to jump the barriers and it was like this whole ordeal, but... It's one of those things that, you know, you know, when you recall something, even though it was so long ago, it's so clear in my mind. So yeah. it obviously had a massive impact on my life. And yeah, I was begging for a guitar every Christmas after that gig. <laughs> so cool. Um, mine was Steps. Steps. Which, you know, I still think yeah. is, you know. I bet that was a banging gig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like Steps. 
<laughs> made my dad take me. Sorry, dad. I basically loved it. <laughs> and it was when steps were in the um, the like red devil capes and horns for Bear the Devil, you know? Right. Yeah, that really stayed with me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so it must be something about the devil horns, I think. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> I have to say, obviously, I looked up the numbers on particularly Leave a Light On, as we tend to do at the chart. Sure. And the streams on that are just enormous. Yeah. It's, obviously, it's globally, they are something else. But um, yeah. in the UK alone, I think it was about 70, 71 million wow. streams in the UK. That's crazy. That is kind of and I don't know I can't imagine 71 million of anything well so. I can't either you know when you buy your first album I mean you know you were saying about Steps my first CD I think was the Bob the Builder soundtrack oh. and you think about listening to that I've probably listened to that song I want to say a hundred times maximum so when you think <laughs> about that and I listened to a lot of Bob the Builder when I was right. you know when I got that album that was that was my thing <laughs> but yeah 71 million times I can't even imagine it should we go for another yeah yeah sure Right. Where did the one go that I lost? Did it, did it go somewhere? I'm not sure. Oh, did it, did it, I think you got it. I think I 19 was it? there. Yeah, I think I just imagined that. Right, cool. Uh, number 45. 45 is Dove Punk, Feet for our Williams. Get Lucky. Oh, absolute tune. Number one in 2013, which feels like... That feels like a while ago. Like, well, I remember <laughs> when I was in I was in uni when, like, when that was like at the peak, where it was in the charts, and I completely... Ripped it off and wrote a song. <laughs> Did you? Completely ripped it off. And I, I was in uni at the time, so it's not like it, I don't know, I've ever published yeah, it or anything, yeah. but I was just like, wow, Dark this is great. I wonder if I can just listen to all the parts and like make a tune like it. And I did. And uh, I got a really good grade that, that for that did, project. Uh, yeah, like. Thanks, so, Nile Rogers. It was great. Yeah, Punk nice one. Because <laughs> those Nile Rogers guitar riffs are impossible, yeah. right? Yeah, well, it's just the rhythm that he has. I think the, the actual. Like fingering on the guitar and the part, I don't think is the hardest thing. It's like it's just the way that he plays it. You just can't replicate it. The man's a rhythm machine. Yeah, I think I've seen him. I mean, I was going to say too many times. I don't think you can see no, him too many not, times. No, not not possible it's to see him too many way, times. It's so feel good when you see him. It's just yeah. like, always. Puts a smile I had to on my sing face. to him because I went on. I was guest. Um, I was guest on X Factor, and he was stepping in for another. Oh judge. yeah, I watched. That. I had to sing to Nile Rogers. Yeah. What? How? It made me so what? much more nervous. <laughs> Because honestly, he's 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 royalty in the music world. Uh, so nice though, isn't and, he? Yeah, he just seems yeah. like such a great guy as well. So you know, you wanna you, you wanna impress him. Yeah. So hopefully they did all right. <laughs> so in the theme of get lucky. Yeah. What would you looking kind of back now? How have you how you kind of got to this point? Is there a moment you can kind of consider your lucky break? A bit where everything kind of tipped over the edge, and you're like, okay, wow, we're going now. Um. We did the Today Show in America off the back of releasing Just You and I, and that was about two and a half years ago. And the, the, the Today Show was my first ever TV, and I was just there on the show, seeing out, you know, into New York through the massive window they've got, and I was just like, yeah, this is crazy. How's this happened? That, that was your first? That was my first TV, was the Today Show wow. in America. Turn at the deep end. Yeah, exactly. I was I was so nervous. I watched the performance back, I think, a couple of months ago, and it was crap. Because oh. I, I was so nervous. <laughs> but, you know, it was, that, it was that song, Just You and I, that launched everything in America um, for us, and then consequently in the UK as well. So I owe a lot to that song, um, you know. So good. everything kind of went from there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and then, I, I've made. I'm. I'm. It's happening. Well, not that like. Oh, I've made. No, it. made it. But it's as far as you know. I don't know. That's what the a step up for that. sure. I'm still working out myself to be honest. What 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 it means that you've made it. But it was definitely. 
I was all of a sudden doing some really cool writing sessions. I was working with some amazing producers. I actually made my first EP um, with a guy called Jim Abyss who produced my favourite album of all time, which is the first Arctic Monkeys album, whatever people say I am. That's what I'm not. Um, and I was ju- it was just like, it was it was a game changer to be, to be working with people like that. And uh, yeah, that was a big moment for me because, you know, working with somebody who who produced your favourite album of all time is just, again, it's like a full circle thing. It's like, how how's this happened? <laughs> um, should we go for another one? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's two left. Two left. Uh, number 13. 13. So the 13th best-selling single is Stevie Wonder's I Just Called to Say I Love You. Oh, yes. An amazing song. Yeah. Um, number one in 1984. Have you ever seen him play live? No, I haven't. No, oh my God, I'm a I massive played fan. A, I think it's British Summertime Festival. Uh, I want to say one or two years ago. Did I he do two that? Years ago. Did he do that? He headlined it. He did a four-hour <sighs> set, man. Four okay, hours. I? Took a little break in the middle, but I was just <laughs> like, I did a thirty-minute set on the day, and I was like, Poof, knackered. <laughs> knackered. <laughs> I just got up there with like an orchestra and did like a four-hour set, and it was it was incredible. <sighs> Absolutely amazing. Well, on the theme of the of the song, sure. What was the last? text or whatsapp i'm gonna go in non-work related right unless it's a good work related one okay um so what was the last one you sent and who was it to um let's have a look uh <laughs> the, la- the last one i sent was uh to my missus and it said me too i couldn't get out of bed i wasn't late but i had to shout at myself it's <laughs> the last text i sent i always like that I have to do that, like send updates, even if they're not asking for them. Mm. I just need to let you know that yeah. I'm tired. Yes, <laughs> couldn't get out of bed, and it, it was a hard start. Touch with. But is yeah. it, you, do you find it harder when you're all over the place in different countries? Is it hard to keep in touch with other friends? And it's, it's, Yeah, I've got a WhatsApp group with, like, I'm, um, me and my friends have been best mates. So I grew up next door to, like, five people, and... They're all in a little tiny town called Chelfers, and we're all still best mates, even though we've known each other since we were like seven. And it's that's crazy. So cool. I don't really know many people who are still best mates with the people they grew up next no, door to. No, that's rare. Um, and we've got a WhatsApp group, so it's cool to just every so often look through what's going on. And you know, I've got a lot. I've got a group. I same with my family. So even if I don't call people, I kind of I know what they've been up to, and I chip in every now yeah. and once. And observing from while. afar. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Plus, I'm guessing people kind of give you a lot of leeway on the response time. Given you'd be surprised. Oh, really? You'd be surprised. One of my mates, Toby, is like, "Don't you think you're all famous now? You're too too busy to call your you mate, Toby." I'm like, "No, mate. I'm not, it's not that. I'm just I'm, I am busy." <laughs> Should we go for a, go for another? Right, let's do it. I'm hoping this is going to work this time. No, oh. it's just it's, <laughs> it just doesn't want to. <laughs> Rubbish. Have I broken it? Am I definitely am I doing it right? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think well. it's just a design flaw, isn't it? <laughs> There's a flaw in the design. I, <laughs> I know it looks so professional. Um seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. Just realised what we were doing. <laughs> uh the seventy-eighth best selling single is Blue Monday by New Order. Right. A tune. And that one was a weird one because it's got number nine in 1983 it's not a number one right and then the remix which i think was a bit more dancey got to number three in 88 that must annoy an artist when that happens i know <laughs> the blue monday so what makes you grumpy what really pisses you off this can be any this can be work related or it can just be general like life etiquette do you know what there's some builders next door in the flat next door to me right 
they've been building for two years now, right? And <laughs> I understand. Like, I, I do, they're renovating this whole building of flats, right? Okay. And they're making them look all shiny. And they do my head in, man, because the, the front of their... The front of the house is just full of like crisp packets and Mackey's bags and like all this stuff. It just looks, looks ter- like terrible. And then that's not even the bad bit at all. I can get over that, right? But what I cannot get over is them on Sunday morning drilling and installing things. And I can't remember what the law is. It's I was like, gonna say on their laws. It's like anything past what is it? It's something like eight o'clock or something. Is it that early? It's something ridiculous that is just not realistic, and they fully take advantage of that. And they're just there drilling and hammering. And oh, it's just not the one. And and <laughs> my flatmate one day actually just like shouted out the window at them, went completely mental because it had been, it had been like I don't know how many weeks in in a row that on Sunday they were waking us up. And he went absolutely nuts. To be fair, they put their tools down for like two hours and oh, then started they? again at eleven o'clock. Oh, okay. So Good you know, to know that works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just shout at them out the window. But is this in London? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the problem with London, isn't it? New flats going up everywhere. I know, I know, I know. Look, well. I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out one day, even though, you know, I've not had a bad two years, but I'm trying to work out how I'm going to ever buy a house ever in London, ever. You I've know? resigned myself to the fact that, that it's just not going to happen. It's not happening for yeah. me. Yeah, I've just, I just can't, I just can't see it. You know. Is that the last one? It's the last one. The and final, if, it, if it's what I think up. it is, I hope it goes into the thing. Oh, it won't even go in now. Come on, come on. Yes. yes. Oh, it worked. Number seventy-four. Yes, seventy-four. This is a. Oh, this this is, is the this one. Is one. The one you've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> it's LMFAO's party rock anthem. Do you oh, remember that? Wow. Yes, I do remember that. That has sold. <laughs> yeah. That has sold over a million copies. Wow. Actual copies as well. That's we're talking here. Physical copies, physical or download. We're talking here. Wow. So, when was the last time you stayed up all night? Oh, uh, it was recently. Yeah, I think it was like five days ago. I had like I had the weekend off, which is a, it's a rare occurrence. Um, me and my missus went to the pub for one, one beer, but it never is Uh-oh, one beer, is yeah. it? It just isn't one beer, and it just next thing you know, it's like five o'clock in the morning. And we're still awake, drinking and partying with our flatmates who'd also come back because they'd gone out for one beer somewhere else. And, you know, it just ended up into being one of those amazing nights where you sit up and listen to music ridiculously loud. I mean, my poor neighbours, man, because I live in a flat, but they, they, they haven't said anything yet. That's good. Um, but, yeah, I think we're, we're quite respectable, but at the same time, we are pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable, I think. But, uh, but do your neighbours know... Do they know who you are? Are they like, we can't go up and say anything? I mean, the guy upstairs, no, I don't think it'd be that. I think they'd just be like, I'm, I don't know. The sound, the guy upstairs is like really lovely, obviously, in the corridor. People downstairs I don't really know too well. I, I met them the day I moved in. And I've, I've exchanged a hello every now and again in the corridor. But yeah, I don't know. The going for one at a pub is dangerous. Um, I'm guilty of that a lot yeah. as well. It's, it's just not possible. <laughs> no. I don't think I've ever been to a pub for one pint. Because no. pubs are so great. I've got such an amazing local now. And it's to the point where I don't think they know anything about the, that. I'm, anything about me is music related, but they know me because I'm a local. Does that make sense? They know you're a, a boozer. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does, does this mean, are you much of a clubber? Are you much of a, like, go out for a dance? I do love drum and bass. I'm a massive drum and bass Okay. Um, 
I, I love the hospital nights. I've been to loads of them. I went to oh, one cool. just before Christmas. I think it was on the 19th. Um, to see Fred, Fred V and Graphics Everlast gig because they, they're parting ways to do their own solo projects. Um, and that was amazing. It was such a great night. Nice. It was really, really good. But yeah, I do love a good rave. I've been to ministry a few times. I mean, I don't do it so much anymore, but when I first moved to London, I discovered raving. I thought I didn't really like electronic music before that, but then discovered these amazing venues like ministry doing like 3D sound nights and all that, where the music's just whizzing around the venue and you're like, what is going on here? But yeah, I've been to that. I do like it. Will you be celebrating when the album comes out? Um, well, yeah, but I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've not booked today to like be celebrate the albums coming out. Um, there's a load of promo and a load of gigs around the album, so I'll be celebrating with people and fans and stuff off the album, I guess. But uh, I celebrated a lot when I finished it because it was a really long process and it was it was difficult getting. I wrote 150 songs for the album. And then getting them all Whoa. together was like choosing them all. It was one of those where I thought I'd have, um, I thought I'd have like not enough, but I had too many. <laughs> I had to like, <laughs> you know, go through them and just be like, yeah, no, but it's like you have to write. Did you like, lose some? <laughs> no, <laughs> you have to write ten good songs to write an album worthy song. That's my that's my okay. theory. I think because you need ten rubbish mm. ideas, uh, nine rubbish ideas to get one really good one. Where that is a good sell for the album. That's. <laughs> yeah, oh, honestly, These people that like the album the would be so disappointed because I worked <laughs> so hard on it. I can't, like, and I'm not even just saying that. It was like the longest process of anything I've ever done in my life. And yeah, special. I mean, thank you so much. What a pleasure it's been. Time. Thank you. Uh, especially as I know you're getting, getting crazy busy. Yeah, so I appreciate good. The time. I've actually got the rest of the day off now. So oh, do you? Great. Yeah, I might go for a pint in the pub. Just one, though. So, David, what did you think of Tom Walker? Like I said before, he just seems like such a good guy. <laughs> yeah, so so lovely, so friendly, and just we were chatting before and after the podcast as well for ages, um, despite him being ridiculously busy. Oh, really? So, yeah, it was so... Do you think I could ask him if he'd go for a drink sometime, maybe? <laughs> I think, think he'd be up for it. Not as like a, a weird thing, <laughs> just as like... It just seems like a top guy. This is why you're doing this podcast with me, isn't it? So you can get, go <laughs> well, I wasn't invited to the interview, so uh, yeah, <laughs> but I'm here now. So, <laughs> um, I I personally loved the bit where he mentioned about writing a song for his grandma. I thought that was very sweet, and you know, someone's a good person when they're doing that. I know that's something we all wish would could do is write yeah, a song for your grandma. That is a nan. How yeah? How many how many points would he get for that in the family? <laughs> that is. I'm not sure my grandma knows understands really what I do. Living, so. if, if you wrote her a song, would that help? Probably. Yeah, probably. okay, there you go. But yeah, he's, he's obviously, he's, he knows what he's doing, and but I think it's from, it's from, uh, it's from a, a true place. He's just, yeah. a, it seems a top guy. Yeah. Were there any standout moments for you? I think, <laughs> there's a couple, like, he lived with 12 people, like, having oh lived God. with, having lived with seven people before, I know it's like a small bit, but, that is insane. Like, I don't know how you can keep your sanity, but obviously, I suppose if they were more creative, the people I live with were all nutters, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the most I've ever managed to live with was at uni, and that was five of us, and I absolutely could not live with twelve. I'm far too kind of... <laughs> I can imagine. I'm far too clean and obsessed with being clean <laughs> and having my own space. I don't know how he did that. Yeah, that's um, insane. Yeah, definitely shows what kind of person he is that he's that chill <laughs> so. well thanks Dave for joining thank me. you and thanks Tom Walker again 
Remember, you can check out all the latest music news and the latest singles and albums charts on officialcharts.com. And follow us um, on all the major social media platforms at Official Charts. Thanks, guys. See you soon. 